1890, and the citizens of Boston are beginning to go missing in the fog. Police are confused, the public is frightened, and the city is on the edge of hysteria. It's up to the mysterious Smith, inventor and adventurer, to figure out what's going on with the help of his assistant, April Malone. We'll have to face off against the secret society, corrupt policemen, and a mad psychologist hell-bent on dissecting Smith in order to solve the mystery of what's going on and to save the city from a more sinister threat. It's the chronological man, the monster in the mist, a fast-paced 45,000-word tale of science adventure, written by Andrew Mayne, and it's available to you for only a dollar on the Amazon Kindle store. Download it on your Kindle, iPad, or any major phone, including iPhone, Android, BlackBerry, and Windows 7. Or download the full audiobook as read by me, Justin Robert Young, for only $2.99 at andrewmain.com books. Either way, don't miss The Chronological Man, The Monster in the Mist, available for only a dollar. Bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the weirdthings.com podcast. I'm Andrew Main, joined by Mr. Justin Robert Young. Hello. Mr. Brian Brushwood. I'm more machine now than man, twisted and evil. It's funny you should mention that, Brian. Really? Yeah, it's yes. hilarious. <laughs> That's the funniest joke I've heard all day. Brian Oof. says he's half robot. <laughs> Wait a second. Which half? Before the show, Brian played us the trailer for Deus Ex Human Revolution, and it plays right into a topic I wanted to talk about, which is Brian playing inappropriate videos before the podcast. <laughs> yes. I also love – also, Brian started playing the video by saying, well, I guess you guys don't want to see this, and then proceeded <laughs> to play the entire three-minute clip. <laughs> we could tell his enthusiasm and excitement for it. And uh, – <laughs> And I'm like, watch, I'm like, great, because now I can say in a story ripped from the headlines of an alternative history in a video <laughs> game, alternate reality experience used to promote it comes to life. I really hope also, like I was watching, and this is fantastic, everybody should watch the, the Deus Ex. Uh, it's the live clip, action trailer, so. not, not the one, there's no gameplay footage in it, but it's all like news clips or whatever, and it does a great job in the first half of making you think, Oh, yeah, dude, augmenting your body would be awesome. And then the second half saying, oh, you're giving corporations an awful lot of power over your body. Yeah. And then all I could think of was that, like, at the very end, you'd see, like, some shots of gameplay, and it would just be, like, Leisure Suit Larry. Like, it would just be a complete... <laughs> oh, like, old Sierra Studios, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little texty thing. Do you go into the cave? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember that you had to pass the test to prove you're a grown up in order to play Leisure Suit Larry? Oh yeah, dude. I was. Yeah. I mean, I, they're was, asking you questions about Spiro Agnew, and if you <laughs> missed it, you're like, you're a kid. <laughs> oh, Spiro. Only so, kids uh, with encyclopedias oh, can get boners. Yeah, right. I, I want to. You know, I watched a. I watched a couple documentaries back to back. I was I was flipping through Netflix and I came across watched it again. It was a was a bigger, faster, stronger, which was a a neat side effects of being by, American, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was and it was a documentary about steroids and all that. And like, I don't agree with the conclusions the guy reaches at all, or the point of view, or whatever. But I thought it was a really well done documentary. And you know, there's a tragic end that one of the characters in there, you know, somebody says, you know, they'll probably, you know, the, the wife will probably find them dead, actually did die like a year ago from oh. suicide. So anyhow, uh, you know, it dealt with like steroids and all that and, and, you know, wanted to kind of politicize it in sort of an odd way from, from my point of view. But and then, I, then I went and I said, you know, it's kind of interesting. Let me go watch Pumping Iron again. So I watched Pumping Iron again. And I'm like, you know, I need to watch some Gladiator movies. But <laughs> – once I got that out of my system. And then you transitioned into hardcore gay pornography. It's been, it's been a very transformative summer. Uh, you know, I've ran out of stuff to watch on Netflix, all right? <laughs> you found it's, the end of Netflix. You're it's like, like are the there wire. There's this whole other thing that I'm not interested in, but other people are out there and really seem to like it. <laughs> so anyway, you're watching your private movie stash, and, and what, yeah. what pops into your brain? 
Well, I, I, I you know, the, the, the question of steroids to to the in sports in human augmentation is interesting because, you know, in the, uh, the, the documentary, uh, you know, strong, uh, bigger, stronger, whatever, uh, you know, talks about, you know, talks about steroids and sports and sort of like our, our love hate relationship with steroids. We love to watch people play on the influence of them, but then, you know, we'll go and, you know, grandstand against them. You know, we'll, we'll spend more time, you know, inter, you know, interrogating major league baseball athletes in front of Congress. than we'll do, then we'll spend debating whether or not we should go to war and, you know, and get really silly arguments from people who currently hold high office that make you just really wonder how insane they are. But anyhow, point is, it is an interesting question. It's a fascinating question because you had like when Arnold Schwarzenegger was running for governor, you had and he was like head of like the American you know, President's Council on Physical Fitness. People were like, oh, well, he was a cheater. He used steroids. It's like, well, he used them back in you know the sixties and seventies. They weren't illegal, you know, and, and it was a you know he open about it, talked about using them, whatever. So it's not like he was using them post the point they're made illegal. And people today will use things that maybe you might say at some point, you know, if you look at what Olympic athletes are allowed and not allowed to use, a lot of things they're not allowed to use are perfectly legal substances. Really? No, sure, sure. You know, you can like certain sports and stuff like, you know, there's certain, you know, kind of you know, things and over-the-counter cough liquids and stuff like that. And you got to remember that, you know, this is based upon world standards. And so the world standards for what's legal and not legal are highly variable. Well, and, and not only that, I think that they certainly adjust over time. I, I think it's amazing to me that uh, in major league sports, and let's face it, these are, these are private companies who are essentially taking the pulse of their audience and trying to mm -hmm. figure out what they are and are not horrified by. And for mm -hmm. whatever reason, there's, there's a very, very big negative stigma to, uh, you know, for, for steroid use, but there's no negative stigma to go get an elective surgery to adjust your tendon so you could throw a ball faster. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's highly yeah. curious to me well, and arbitrary. I mean, also, I mean, I mean, there's, Specifically with sports, there's the idea that you are trying to present the most level playing field possible, uh, and specifically some sports more than others, baseball probably the first among equals, where they're obsessed with, with the relativity of difficulty spanning the game. That, you know, they, they, they pick and choose and try and keep up this illusion that the game that was played 80 years ago bears any resemblance to the game they play, that is played today. And although steroids is kind of vilified, for some reason, personal trainers and you know dietitians, which probably have a greater impact on everybody playing the game and that kind of culture than steroids does. Uh, you, you know, but just for a quick interjection though, in the historical side of that, I, I, I did some interesting, found something interesting to me looking up the history of quote using He's getting drugs choked or whatever. Up. This, is a, this it, is a very big deal. He's uh, take it easy. Take sorry, it clear my History of, of of using drugs in sports. And one of the sports that's long been had the reputation for cheating going back over 100 years was cycling, professional cycling. And oh, then yeah. finding out the use of cocaine and other things. And that actually carried over. So, like, even before we were using steroids, you had professional ball players. Some of them were using these other things that we would consider totally illegal today. And, you know, we don't – there weren't a lot of people trying to, you know – search Babe Ruth's garbage can and not, not, not accusing the babe of anything to find out what he was using. But you know, that there is a, you know, try to find that one clean, perfect point in history when the guys played fair, you ain't going to find it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's, and again, it's totally arbitrary. It's like caffeine. Okay. Cocaine, not okay. Uh, you know, Vicodin. Okay. If you have a magic piece of paper, uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. steroids, not okay. Elective surgery. Okay. I mean, it's, uh, it really is, Arbitrary. Well, I mean, there are there are certain you know drugs that are tailored to or have become popular because they boost the very elements that make you superior in, in various athletics. And you know, we we are currently uh, you know going through a a process, or people sure sure as heck want to uh, you know pin some kind of positive evidence, or at least a mountain of circumstantial evidence against. Guys like, you know, the, I know it's probably illegal for you to walk outside your door, Brian, and say that uh, Lance Armstrong might have, you know, not. Actually, what uh, they do is they actually have Lance on call to physically beat <laughs> the crap out of anyone who talks bad about Lance Armstrong. With a, with a crowbar. Yeah. yeah, exactly. If you say it, Lance, who is, of course, a hero in Austin, you know, we'll just, we'll, he'll bike to your house, just be like, what's up, dude? Heard you talking crap. You got a problem? You got a problem? I'm sorry, I was busy having cancer and then winning the. the yeah. The 
was it the Tour de France? What Tour seven de France? Times? A billion times, and it's you know one of those. No, it's Tour like, de Freedom, guys. Tour de Freedom. <laughs> uh, I mean, even if he did dope, which I mean, I think uh, if if we're if I'm going to be very cynical, uh, let's say he did, right? And everybody else in that. Boo, you sir. Boo. And, Sorry. And he did it post cancer and and facing everything that he yeah you know, that he's faced. And you know, part of the story is also the fact that he kind of personally went from being yeah. you're you know, like this. you're like hey bro we heard you did chemo what's up with that yeah. <laughs> uh, and in fact was it was it nothing the, natural about that what wasn't one of the first times that he won the uh the tour de france like he was accused of of like uh like hey we think you got uh, some kind of benefit out of the treatment Magical drugs chemo powers yeah exactly well, we think you're yeah, powered I mean, by the, chemo the, the, the european cycling press which is just a, a ridiculous thing to even think that it exists. there is one yeah. um they have long hated Lance Armstrong, even before, uh, you know, his his cancer uh, episode, because he was this kind of legendarily super talented but arrogant guy. And so then he goes through his cancer thing, and then he has you know the, the very inspiring story, which is you know uh, certainly done far more good than any harm that you know a revelation that he used steroids during the Tour de France wins could ever take away. Uh, yeah, that happens, but. He's American, he's arrogant, and he is dominant, which is the perfect storm for have, to have anybody uh, who covers that uh, that sport in Europe go after him. Relentlessly. Well, and the best part, of course, is that you know they they accuse him of deriving a benefit from the drugs, and of course he responds by like, "All right, how about six more wins in your face, ladies?" <laughs> But but yeah. here's here's what I think is really weird. I think um and and obviously we don't want to get too political, but uh it has been accused that the illegalization, the criminalization of drugs like cocaine and certain amphetamines here in America gave rise to the much bigger, much more homegrown problem of uh, crystal methamphetamines, whereas you know the cocaine is imported from Colombia, where they they grow the coca leaves. Whereas methamphetamines, you can grab some crap that's in your kitchen and you can cook your own, and it's more powerful and more dangerous and more addictive. I wonder if we're not by stigmatizing uh, steroids the way we do. I wonder if we're not setting up the stage for a much more terrifying next step forward in quote-unquote cheating because for example uh there's research being done into uh genetic alterations mm -hmm. uh that that would be totally indetectable you wouldn't be able to check there there'd be no marker that you could identify if someone quote-unquote cheated at birth by being genetically modified for certain attributes and if you ever just type in in google image 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 search look for muscle cow genetic modification yes. and you will see i mean this thing looks way more muscly than Arnold Schwarzenegger ever did. And uh, apparently, like, it's genetically engineered. In your face, Arnold. It's apparently genetically engineered to uh, suppress the production of myostatin, I believe mm -hmm. is what it is. Yeah, myostatin controls muscle growth. Yeah, and it's yeah. like these things are ripped. They, you got muscle yeah. mice and all this stuff. So it's just like what, what looks good yeah. in the short term, I think, will may have – Horrific consequences long there's, term. There's a new there's a new treatment they're looking for people with wasting diseases that affects in the cell also uh, how myostat regulates and it basically stops it from regulating it and they're looking at to doing human trials and you look at bodybuilding boards they're already tr buying trying to buy the stuff and the problem you get is the stuff they're buying is fake with steroids it's like when you hear about you know an athlete or somebody who who fails a steroids test generally what you know is one they're stupid and they're poor or they're stupid, they're one or the other. And the reason is this, is that the thing that kind of like, you know, people, you watch these bodybuilding competitions, people, I, I can't, I mean, they're just they're freaky looking. It's like making a human out of Slim Jims. But you, you people see these and they go, wow, why don't they test for steroids in them? Well, and a number of them they do. But if you take the right steroids, it's out of your system in a week. And so, you know, and the testing is expensive. So the kind of testing they do, you know, is only, they're only going to test for a certain number of things. And so if you get a guy who's using it stupid enough to do it up until the point that'll show up in his, in his you know, when he gets tested, he's going to fail. But a guy that trains year round, uses it in proper cycles, gets the right medical advice from Balco type people, whatever, he can use it 
train all the way through steroids, go compete, get tested to the time of competition and pass. And the same thing can happen in professional athletes. The guys that get caught are often the guys that buy the cheaper knockoff stuff that's not the same thing that gives them some sort of anabolic, you know, advantage, but stays in the system longer and all that. And like, you know, you're talking about, Brian, we're getting into that whole new scary thing where people are going to buy on eBay. They're going to buy stuff that's going to be these knockoff things. And you get people, you, you go to some of these forums, they talk about like, I bought this, I injected it into my rat and my rat was experienced in some pain in its thigh and you're like how does he know and like oh that's code for themselves oh so my there's, gosh yeah, there's a whole culture for that now of talking about these things and so it is this you know like you talk about the drug war you know my I'm talking to my brother the other day is you know an fbi agent he's talking about like you know they're giving them updates about butt hash what is okay uh i hesitate to move forward but what what for, is butt hash you take a two-liter bottle Okay, you take two of the things that come out of your body and you put them in there and you let them ferment. <laughs> it's very big in Africa right now, and, and and it may start coming over here in poorer communities. Wait a minute, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this that urban legends uh, that 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 Jenkins stuff where it's like you, you let your poop ferment and you get high on the fumes? It's not. It's not. It's not an urban legend. It's, oh, it's dude, hold on. I'm sorry. I got to go to Snopes.com on this because all right, I I know I've read this on Snopes.com. The, the, or is it has it has it taken off over here? No, but I mean, again, I will. Uh, well, both urban legend right or now. not, there is an FBI warning out for it. <laughs> they are talking to their agents about it. So whether or not it is, in fact, an urban legend or real or you get, you know, X high or Y high because of it, you know, it is something that is real enough that people are doing it or at least uh, law enforcement officials are on, you know are being alerted by it. There we go. By the way, so my detective work is I typed into Google high poop Snopes and I got Jenkum bulletin warns that a new drug called Jenkum made by fermenting raw sewage is quote, a popular drug in American schools status false. Um, I don't know all the details on it, but I, I do agree with Justin's point that whether it's real or not, it's a real enough concern that uh, that we're talking about it at the FBI. Well, that and also, I mean, it's it's probably. I, mean, I don't know if it's it's whether the Snopes article is. No, I mean, right, Brian, it, it, it's, false, a, it's not a school the, drug. The, the the thing, the mistake that was made here, it is it's a, it's a it's a real thing because it allows you to huff methane. Okay, the mistake was made was people are saying that it was a thing here, that it was a thing done here. Gotcha. Okay, which it's, gotcha. it's not, but it is a thing that like in Nigeria and some other African countries is a real thing where you know they're. Their availability and accessibility to other things is different, you know. So, like, you know, point is as far as you know, has it you know really picked up here? No, nobody's doing it. What I'm saying is like you hear about these things, and that's how that's how clever people can be. Okay. Yeah, no, and and I see what you're talking about now. It it does it does specifically they're talking about the falseness of it being an epidemic here. In America. Yeah, that was yeah, that's the thing. It's not, but and that, that but again, you know, everybody likes to do you know, oh, you know, it's this, but but yeah, no, I mean, it's it's, it's a real. It's, the whole thing is the methane high, but it's a real thing. But yeah, I mean, again, it's like ah, now people know we have we can buy cheap meth if we figure out how to get rid of cheap meth. Watch out for butt hash. <laughs> I, and by the way, I think from a marketing perspective, butt hash is way better than Jenkum. Jenkum sounds like a slasher fiction movie, whereas like yeah. butt hash means like that sounds almost sexy. Well, also, like, you know, you can fool yourself when you say, like, oh, what's up, bro? I got high on Jankum last night. <laughs> like, you can fool yourself and your friends. When you say, I got high on butt hash, yeah. everyone well, knows exactly. Now, you don't understand. I'm pro butt hash, I'm anti Jankum. No, well, I know. It's funny, funny is my brothers that, told like, me in the bulletin they got one of the things they said, they said one of the signs that you can tell that somebody is using this, and this was my brother brought up was funny, was bad breath. And my brother's like, wow. yeah, I think I give you quarters. You know, they're huffing this. I love the way we were able to seamlessly transition from robots to sports to butt hash. Butt hash. Your life is terrible now. Want to know when it was great? Before now. Now it's awful. Back then it was just all stuff you loved. Talk about with your friends. You want to know why? You want to hear some people talk about all that stuff? How about a little Captain America back in the day? Some... Jurassic Park, old school Transformers, you gotta get your face into some Nostalgia Bomb podcast. Go to nostalgiabombpodcast.com or search for Nostalgia Bomb on iTunes. 
Can we talk about all sorts of stuff you love? Stop dealing with annoying stuff now, like bills, debt ceilings. You mind right, nostalgia bomb style. We 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 talk about this a lot, and you know I can't help it if these folks just keep just putting their name out there in the news, and and I, to not talk about it would be remiss, and to not talk about it given recent events would just be unconscionable. Brian, yes, Justin, mm-hmm. we've talked about Mars before. God, yes. We've talked about Mars. It's up there. Dude, the is this going where I think it's going? Pa- probably. Probably. I think yes. you got the email. I think Please you got say that. yes. So uh, little little Elon Musk driving around his little electric can, Tesla can car. Can we just go ahead and name Elon Musk as our first honorary member of the weird things? He's the fourth member of the triumvirate, right? He's a He's the, just the awesome guy. Like, Elon you know, has guy, is, Elon Musk. What's odd about Elon Musk is this is a guy that actually hangs out with Tony Stark. I saw it in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, look did. officially, Elon Musk has a, an open invite to sit in with us on the Weird Thing podcast. <laughs> I don't know, Brian. I don't yeah. know who will be able to accommodate. Elon. I, I am really looking forward he can to have Elon Musk seat. in the Avengers movie. I cannot wait to see the role that he plays. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, listen, I think it's all safe to say that we are card-carrying uh, members uh, of Musk the full freight for the bandwagon are. and the sycophant club of Elon Musk. So so SpaceX, that's his little space company he started the other you know, a little while ago. It's been making some news. That's actually the first private space company to put something into, put their own capsule into orbit. Now, you know, we last time we did this podcast, space shuttle was up in the air. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we're talking about, you know, the final mission, final that. And then, you know, no sooner is that happening than Russia re- sends out a press release and there's some conflicting reports of apparently Russia saying maybe, hey, you know, this space age is now ours. And then some people say, no, that's not what they said. But maybe it was, a, you know, somebody, a, a, somebody who was a high politician may have said that the Russians were crowing about it. And as soon as that da- dies down, we get... A week later, Russia is saying we're going to deorbit the International Space Station in 2020, and then NASA like we didn't say that. And so, all I can say, whether or not these reports are true, it's going well. The era of Russian <laughs> space is going really well so far. Is basically what we're saying. If they're not declaring, you know, that they won and it's their era, they're talking about taking down our space. Like, oh, what is this up there? Oh, let's just take this thing down. Yeah, <laughs> it's called Operation Cleanup. What's this American space trash? Let hey, you guys this. know anything with this? And we're like, oh no, we need that. Come on up here. Oh, you can't come up here. <laughs> Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Throwing beer cans down at us from the ISS. <laughs> so uh, uh, SpaceX today uh, said that hey, uh, you know this this Dragon capsule we have. Uh, we mentioned before, you know, we said Mars capable. We're not kidding. We want to bid on and we want to be, we want to, we could go to Mars. You know, we could have, we could have this thing on like Mars, a Mars mission by 2018, be launching for Mars to put the sucker in there, drill something into the surface and start digging for life for under $400 million. In my, in my fantasy uh, that there's some sensible person at NASA who looks at that and says, wow, for three times that cost, we're, you know, wrapping our pods in a balloon and bouncing them off the moon's surface and hoping they, they make it around. Let's say we buy three of these and actually gingerly land them and, and just throw a guy in there to boot, you know, well, just to make sure it gets off there. I think I said before, I think it was on this podcast, let's just race them. Let's buy three and race them. See who gets there first. It, 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 and, in the NASA's betting. defense, though, they actually have there is a there is a still planned mission called Mars Curiosity, which is to land a rover which is about the size of a car, which is still scheduled to launch uh, you know, like by next year. Okay. So we're supposed to. So I think actually supposed to launch. I think actually before the end of this year and land on Mars by next year. So there is the is Mars the, Curiosity rover. Hey, uh, does anyone else is, feel is that the one that, that Bush put into action, the Mars one? Didn't he have a big the, the big Mars announcement? The, the, the Moon Mars Beyond push. Yeah, uh, I, I'm sure that it dates back to at least there. I'm sure. Yeah. Does anyone else feel like, uh, and 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 I got to admit, you know, before I saw the light, i.e., got the crap kicked out of me by one Andrew Maine's intellect. 
Uh, I, I would have been teary-eyed at the, at the sunset years of NASA. But, man, am I fired up about SpaceX. But, like, in public discourse, it's like, no, the line is we're all sad that NASA's ending. Yeah, I, I, I can tell you this. For the price of two Green Lantern movies, <laughs> Elon Musk has oh said, hey. It really uh, is. I, I can I can put this you know I, I can put this sucker on, oh my on God. Mars. Frame that, frame that. Like, hello world. Uh, I'm sure you really enjoyed the last Harry Potter movie, but uh, what what say we go to Mars instead? No, no, we yeah. want the Harry Potter movie. Oh, let's see, just, it's see. Ugh. Let's let's just take let's take movies that aren't gonna let's take movies that are gonna be box office bombs and not make anybody any money and use that budget <laughs> and throw just show light on an empty theater. Oh yeah, it's playing here. Yeah, we made the movie. <laughs> yeah, go go see the uh, go see the new uh, you know the the Flash movie. Yeah, yeah, we spent two hundred million dollars on that. Yeah, go to the theater. Nobody will show up. Nobody will know that it didn't air. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Shia LaBeouf <laughs> as the Flash. We could have went to Mars. Yeah, and it's you know we just follow some guy at Comic Con around dressed as the Flash, like running in slow motion. You know, let's <laughs> use the money to go to Mars. Yes. So uh, I, I, it's exciting. And one of the things that, you know, there was this sort of discussion that, you know, people come about like you get this weird thing like, oh, now it's the end of peaceful space exploration. Well, you know, actually having a having a group that isn't motivated by putting military satellites into orbit, you know, is looking for more market stuff, but could do that too, putting stuff in there kind of means maybe the beginning of peaceful exploration of space, but it makes science cheaper. When you have, you know, Elon Musk telling NASA, hey, listen, I'll get you guys into orbit. I get you guys to Mars. You design the scientific instruments. You design your little nerd experiments. I got the rockets to take you there. It means more money, means more government money can be spent on science. That was that was my favorite part of the article you forwarded to Justin and I was that there was a, an actual quote of one of the scientists saying, holy crap, this is so cheap. I mean, this is not an ex- – this is not <laughs> – <laughs> It's Professor Frank. Yeah, no. <laughs> but, but essentially what he said was, holy crap, this is so cheap. We can actually afford to do some science as well. And you don't yes. realize – when you have when you have a government run thing, it's it, it, stuff gets expensive, and it's like you spend all your effort just freaking getting there, and then it's like, well, I guess you know, get do whatever you can with what's left over. When when you cut out two thirds of the cost, there's a lot left over to do some really important work. Yeah, yeah. And, so yeah, in, in terms of what you were saying, Andrew, about you know the beginning of peaceful space exploration, the foundation to that is more space exploration. You know, and and the more we put and the better frequency and the more regularity and the cheaper it is, the more that we can understand what a culture and civilization interaction, you know, in this space means in more of a real time as opposed to just, you know, having it be a, you know, a, you know the, the very bureaucratic, uh, super loaded interactions between the Kremlin and the White House, you know. Yeah. So the this the uh, the Red Dragon, which again, let's talk about awesome naming. Oh my gosh! Um, right, you know, would it would land? It would drill like three feet down into the Martian surface because they think there's an area, there's a uh, layer of ice there, and if you want to find life or evidence there, that's where you're going to need to dig. So it would be able to dig down into there. And you know what I love is that like you have NASA's timeline of when they think we could put a man on Mars or woman on Mars or one of those one out of five thousand people, and then you have SpaceX timeline for how we could, how long it would take to put a man on Mars. Okay. And you know, they're looking at like 10 to 15 years before NASA says they can get there. Now there's gotta be somebody out there being like, well, the, the problem is that SpaceX isn't proven yet. That's just, you know, I could say I could get to Mars in 20 minutes. That doesn't make it true. And so that'll be what's interesting over the next five years uh, to see how SpaceX fares in, well, in, it seems like everything that, that SpaceX has done in terms of their publicly stated timelines, they've been ahead of. Yeah, they, you know, the, it's, a, it's a very good point. That, the, the critics pointed that out. Then they're able to put their for, the Dragon capsule into orbit. So they're able to say, listen, we can do orbit. We put a capsule into orbit. It came back down safely. Now they've done, they've got, they've got tentative go-ahead from NASA to move up the fir- launching a SpaceX capsule and having it dock with the space station. They're going to try. They may do this as early as November. Wow. See that so, and that would that be I mean it's, like, it's I, I'm bummed that people act like this is a bad thing, you know? Well, but, but I'll tell you NASA looks at the, the the guys, the scientists at NASA, the the men and women are doing the real work there are happy. They're very happy about this because 
they're they're victims of a bureaucracy like everybody else. They want to do science, and you know, would they you know would they would they rather have the Air Force have to fly Air Force, or would they rather be able to fly Virgin America? And, right. and that's what SpaceX is saying. Hey, you know, we could do this. So that's the exciting thing is that we could have November. We could have here's a capsule going to the space station. The thing is, this is that you could put people on there if, if we had the Armageddon scenario that could work. But they they'll do this to rate it. If it doesn't blow up, they'll go. Maybe we'll put people on it. Nothing but awesome. So cool. So all, all in favor of Red Dragon. I'm I'm still gonna call it Manhunter. Well, I'm going to say, what if we took the money that Brett Ratner spent to make Red Dragon? <laughs> there you go. I want everybody to at reply the weird things com Twitter with their combinations of movies that cost $400 billion yes. <laughs> that we could use to put somebody on Mars. I live my life in devotion to three things. Guts, gore, and gadgets. So far... I've, I've delivered disparate life, searching for all of my interests in different places. Never the twain shall meet! Until now, the Guts, Core and Gadget podcast, hosted by the Mad Magician and iPod Parf, friends of this podcast. Uh, you know, it, it's awesome. It's amazing. Find out about horror movie reboots, anything else that pops into the mind. These two madmen. Folks, head on over to iTunes. Guts, Gore, and Gadgets from the Mad Magician iPod Parf. Check it out. So, gentlemen, I need a couple detectives. Brian, you, you murdered wanna, your family. Uh, I've, I've got two detectives on staff. One of them okay, is right, an wait, old... Wait, first, first backstory, you murdered your family. <laughs> Okay, well then now I only have one And then he later became a detective? detective. Go. Okay, all right. So what you get is you get the half-cyborg, scar-faced, grizzled, angry vet detective. His name's Brownfeld. Brownfeld, all right. So what's the other detective? I don't know. I mean, I was about to, like, that. you'll have to ask Justin. I I had two options. The other was going to be a happy old-timey private eye. But you wait, know. hold on, hold on. Wait, I think I missed I missed something. So Brian is Blofeld Brownfeld, sorry, the detective. <laughs> you know uh, what? They, that is actually no, his it's full not name. the it's, way this works. You guys have to name each other, not it's, yourselves. It's, it's Blofeld Brownfeld is his name. Yeah, actually that's a pretty good team though. Blofeld and Brownfeld. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. Justin, you're Blofeld. Blowfellow. Okay. <laughs> Blowfellow and Brownfeld. Two yeah, detectives. Brownfeld. Right. One of them's an old-timey private eye. The other one is a cyborg who murdered his family. Wait, hold on. No, that's what I'm confused about. So wait. Shut Brownfeld up, Blowfellow. murdered his family and then became a police detective? Yes. Wasn't uh, that a red flag in the hiring process? We didn't say police detective. We're private investigators. There's no market. unsolved. Okay. So was he a vigilante the, the law? Listen up, Blowfellow. After I killed my family, I vowed one thing. I wouldn't suffer people who interrupted Andrew Maine. Now, if you don't mind, I need some oil from my joints. By the way, talk about a rough name to go through school with. Blowfellow. <laughs> you named yourself that. That was the really odd thing. And then you get upset when people think there's some sort of innuendo there. <laughs> so that's not even a family name. That was a nickname. Blowfellow. He's the one. The one with the... Never mind. So, anyhow... You guys are actually uh, you're like uh, you're you're actually you're actually working for the state of California because they have very very loose hiring standards. Your state law enforcement. Okay. So we are working for the government. Well, subcontracting. Blowfellow, would you stop interrupting Andrew yeah, Maine? Can I, you know, you complain about the scenarios going too long. Can I can I tell you why? <laughs> go go. So you get a call. You get this call, and I'll be the call. I call in and nine one one just connects you right to me. I, they just put you right through your ear. They're like, "Listen, just take the call." And I'm like, "Guys, I'm like, like hello, or is this the police?" No, this is uh, well, yes. Click. All right, the scenario is done. <laughs> Blow, fellow. Here, let me use the phone built into my chest to call no, him no, back. Actually, you guys were <laughs> hanging around a payphone in a parking lot of like a super K or something. You know, you're, you're waiting for a call reputation. on your moped. Is this the police? Yes. I think I need to confess. <laughs> what? Oh, what inspiring is that? Is this the police? 
Yes. <laughs> I need to confess. I need to confess to a murder. Maybe. So, Hold on. Allow me to electrocute my partner here. Blowfellow, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. You have you have a confession to make. Yes. Uh, this this line may be recorded. I think I broke the law. Okay. Payphone. How is it yeah. recording the call? He doesn't. I don't know that. Because okay. you got teamwork. No, All right. Because Blowfellow? I pick up Jesus. the I pick up the receiver and I put it in the modem thing in my chest. Did I not mention I'm half robot? Yeah, you, you actually it's a tape cassette tape to your test. And Blowfellow, and, you and you've have got a the tennis worst... ball can around your arm and you call yourself a cyborg. Blowfellow, you have the worst impression of a Sam Spade era private eye that I've ever seen. You better wrap it up. Listen, this is a bad time, but I need to call back. Family. What? Should I There's call a back? Conversation um... ender. <laughs> no, listen, I'm sorry. Look, I'm sorry. My partner's had a rough time. He seems to think he's from the 21st century. I don't want to confess I anymore. I don't want to confess that. anymore. I have no illusions of where I'm from. <laughs> All right. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, please. What What? What? What did you do, sir? Why do I hear annoying background music designed to keep teenagers away? Uh, that's uh, that's my business and not yours. Now, right. are you going to confess or no? Uh, well, maybe you should come tell me if I've done something wrong. I, I, I'd probably need to speak to a lawyer first, but you sound like an honest guy. No, listen. You'd... Okay, listen. I'll be right there. I run very quickly, and Blowfellow can ride on my back. Come on, All right, let's I'm, go. In, I'm in a forest. Here's my GPS coordinates. Meet me here. Click by. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so hold on. Number one, you're telling me that we're going to go meet a man in a forest who says he's committed a crime and to confess called a payphone asking for the police. <laughs> he thinks he might have committed a crime and he called the two people he knew he could trust, Blowfellow and Brownfeld. Who the happened to be hanging out in front of a Circle K waiting Super for the K. call to come in? <laughs> it's a Super K. You don't want to get it sued. Come on, man. <laughs> And we and by the way, we don't actually have a car, so I use my robot legs and you have to ride piggyback. And please, could you please affect some kind of, you know, yeah. private dick accent from the silver screen so, days? So you, you after much arguing and protesting, you climb onto Brian's back and he walks, which would go much further if he wasn't wearing snow ski shoes and try, <laughs> ski boots trying to insist that they're robot legs. Four days later, you arrive. Good thing I have camping gear. Okay, and we're here. Sir, listen, we're very important people. Talk. Remember earlier this week when you called the payphone asking <laughs> yes, for the sir. police? I've Where got like a long guys? beard. I'm like, ah, well, listen, gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> I like the fact that in four days you grew a Rip Van Winkle beard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My gentlemen, uh, yes, I called you and uh, I, I just... I just, I need an opinion first. I just want an opinion first, okay? Because remember, the only reason you're here is because I told you to come here, all right? Can I give you an opinion? You're not going to overreact and start shooting or arresting. Dude, this guy murdered his family, so I think the tolerance level is pretty high. <laughs> yeah, right. dude. Uh, why do you think I replaced my heart with <laughs> with the robot gear? Yeah, that's actually a bicycle belt taped to your chest, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's I right. like this. This is a good subplot. Is like Brownfeld only thinks he's half robot, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but, but Blowfellow doesn't have the heart to explain that he's just duct taping junk all over his body. No, Blowfellow explains constantly. <laughs> Brownfeld just won't listen to him. And then, then instead, then, instead, Brownfell is just like, "Why aren't you talking like Sam Spade?" Yeah, and then he pulls a string, and, and you know, well, here's what I think: the cow says moo, <laughs> and, and then they're like, "What happened?" And I just, I'm like, "Problem with the subroutine." I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me use a backup. Speak and spell. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm looking at you guys. I'm like, I, you know what? I think I can tell these people. I think I can tell these people. I, I don't know why, you know, you know, Blowfellow is is dressed like a biker with a shirt off and doesn't have a motorcycle and has a leather cap on, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. He's undercover. We don't know undercover with what though. I'm like, all right, no shooting, okay? Promise you're not gonna be upset right away and no we can shooting. talk to Stan. Tell us what you did. Citizen, have no fear. We do not judge. I'm not saying I did anything. I'm just going to say I found them like this. Please follow me. Okay. So I start walking through the woods, and maybe I still have a rifle on me. All right? Okay. So walking do through the woods. you follow the walk, bearded man into the woods? Yeah, follow me Why here. Follow me through the woods. So we Why go into the deeper enter. woods. 
I'm like, all right, close your eyes. Uh, okay. They're Citizen. Closed. Are you both closing your eyes? Yes. Yes. I'm like, In this- I'm like, all right, I think I can trust these people. <laughs> It's a game of trust, guys. It was this, or I climb on the rock and I fall backwards and you catch me, but I couldn't find a rock. So, all right, all right. Now turn around and look. All right? What and I'm like, see? listen, I was scared. I didn't know what to do. Okay? Ask me what you see. Uh, what What do I see? Uh, citizen, my optical circulates. Stop talking like that. What is that? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, listen, it was an accident. I'm not saying I did it. Uh, we know. What are we looking at? You're looking at two dead Bigfoots. Not one, but two dead Bigfoots. Oh. Or one dead, no, one dead Bigfoot. And you're like, oh, my God. I'm like, and then there's this over here. And I point out to another. I point out a two dead, two dead, bit, two dead Bigfoots. Now, uh, you, you mean, uh, so we're looking at four big feet. No, there's, yeah, four big feet, yes. Two big, big, two dead Bigfoots. Excellent big use feet. of your computing cells, <laughs> <Yes>. Brownfeld. <laughs> well, Blowfellow, it uh, it required very little of my CPU cycles to do that mathematics. Now, if you don't mind, is I'm going to take art. Is that a Nintendo Virtual Boy? <laughs> uh, silent citizen. I need to use my DNA analyzer on these toenails. So, By if you way, don't mind. If, 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 if you turn on a switch and hit the right key on his DNA analyzer, it starts playing Bossa Nova. <laughs> uh, Blowfellow, if you don't mind, uh, please interrogate these witnesses. All right. So how you're not saying that you shot them, but no, I'm not like saying this. I shot them. I'm saying but, they're dead, and they're. But you do have a shotgun on them. you. Sorry, I'm just checking out this DNA. Go ahead. But you have a shotgun on you, citizen. Technically a rifle, but yes. All right. What are you using the rifle for? I'm out, I'm out hunting. So you're out hunting. You yes. have a hunting license. All right. So let me. I don't like this line of questioning, sir. <laughs> <laughs> what? My, my point is, is uh, let's not put the attention on me here. Let's talk about these dead Bigfoots. I, I just want okay. a professional opinion. Uh, has a crime taken place here? Uh, DNA analysis complete. This is definitely (laughs) some kind of dead thing. Smells like a monkey. Uh, well, with our untrained eye, uh, and I believe you killed two Italians. All right. All right. (laughs) Uh, these certainly look like something that we haven't seen before. And, Technically, anybody with a hunting license in the state of California has to respect the endangered species list, which includes animals that have not yet been cataloged because you okay, only no, are able no, to shoot no, you don't get animals. to say that. You don't get to say, well, including animals that actually aren't on the endangered species list. Well, no, list. because you, only have, you can only kill X kinds of animals. Other than that, it is illegal. No. Like you're allowed to kill deer and this, that, and the other. No, no, that's that's totally BS because it's think about bugs alone. You're telling me that that you don't have the right to kill anything except for a, a special list of things you can kill. It's the opposite. You have the right to kill anything except for a special list of things you can't kill. Citizen. Um, well, I don't know. Was your family on that list? That was the defense I used at my robo trial. And <laughs> it was not a robo trial. It was a real trial. And I have no idea. Casey Anthony ain't got nothing on what let you off. <laughs> well, listen, it was a very complicated defense, and I don't expect full humans to understand it. Now, if you don't mind, I'm gonna graft this nail clipper onto my pinky. All right. Well, so you would say no. There's no crime here then. No, because it's not on the list of protected species. That's why they call them protected species, citizen. Well, I'm going to say. And I I turn to Blowfellow looking at you. uh, Yeah, there's a crime. You killed Bigfoot. You're going to go to jail for this. (laughs) 
You're gonna whoa, die. Whoa, 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 You're gonna whoa, die. Whoa, there, you just blow ran it's very, I'd love to hear from one cop who has ever <laughs> taken a citizen who's completed a crime and said, You're gonna go to jail for this. You're gonna die. <laughs> California. I mean, that's that's big. big. I mean, if it's an endangered species, yeah, they might shoot me. If it's a person, no. Um, yeah. I'm like, wait a second. I, 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 I confess <laughs> that's, nothing. That's what I, I found them like this. When I and, and I want to clarify this, this endangered family. species list. Well, I like this twist that it's actually Blowfellow arrested Brownfeld. <laughs> and the two of them, like, Blowfellow is totally exasperated that not only did I get off from the crime, but that I keep pretending to be a robot and that the two of us are partners. Yes. <laughs> There's some bizarre twist of fate. We're now partners on the force. Needless to say, Blowfellow's faith in the police department is this, is this is how it happened. At the end of the trial, the judge said, just defense makes so little sense. I hear hereby sentence the two of you to work as partners and open a private detective agency. Anyway. All right. Random hunter guy. Well, obviously we have a split decision here. What else do you have to say for yourself? Uh, uh, well, um, so if I really not in a position to cooperate since I can't get a consistent statement out of you guys if a crime was committed or not. All right, listen, here's the thing. Come on, do Bluffello, why don't you why don't you bugger off for a second here? Let me have a moment with our our witness. Citizen, here's the thing. As a duly notarized half human in charge of this case, I could guarantee you that if you tell me right now whether or not you shot two Bigfoots, you'll only get a ticket. But if you hide it and we later forensically find out that you shot these two. You will die at my, at my hand. <laughs> I won't even have to adopt you first. Yeah, I will adopt you, which means you will later die. Well, here's the reality. In a story ripped from the headlines. <laughs> of Pravda? Uh, no. Weirdthings.com covering big Bigfoot sightings. I throw it over to Mr. Blowfellow to give us the details. This is an actual uh, story that I, I forget. I don't have the story in, in front of me, Andrew. Do you have where the sourcing was? Because I didn't know the uh, story. Bigfootsightings.org. Yeah. yeah, Bigfoot Bigfootsightings. Which I think is out of Harvard or Cornell, perhaps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> from, from, from the illustrious Stanford Research Labs, we tell you this ripping yarn. We mean um, Leo Stanford in his parents' basement. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is a rumor that was called together by Bigfoot sightings where a hunter uh, out with a couple of his friends uh, shot two Bigfoots, a mother and child, and had uh, absconded big, with the bodies. Two big feet. Let's get it, our terminology correct. Yes, and, and was now putting out feelers amongst the Bigfoot community uh, trying to find out whether or not it was illegal that he uh, shot the Bigfoot, uh, that, that he had killed the Bigfoots. And that was because uh, that wise blowfellow was in fact correct that according to a, uh, the California hunting license that he had, he was only allowed to shoot certain animals and that is to protect, you know, uh, various, you know, bear populations and everything. So he is, he is only allowed to shoot certain deers or whatever. And uh, he wanted to know if him shooting the Bigfoot would put him in trouble, ignoring, of course, the fact that a a proof of Bigfoot would probably be a pretty big deal in and of itself. Yeah. Do you think, uh, what do you think would happen? Like, let's say, let's say full on, this guy did shoot a Bigfoot and then there's a bunch of autopsy. What is the, what's the bookie spread between when the announcement is made and the photographs are put out and the autopsies recorded and when everyone starts decrying this guy as the man who shot the last Bigfoot? That could happen pretty quickly. I mean, there's been, Instances where, you know, somebody shot like one of the largest wild boars or one of the largest grizzlies. And anytime yeah. that happens is that people are very quick. Well, to- you know, the story of the guy who cut down the Methuselah tree, right? No, this guy, this no. guy was a, uh, a tree scientist. I'm sorry. I don't, he, he was an ab- aboracist citizen. 
And uh, he, uh, <laughs> anyway, he was studying the old trees, <clears throat> and so he took a sample. He found a big, big old tree, and he cut it up, and uh, and he started counting rings. And when he got to 700, 800 rings, he started to get really worried. When he got over a thousand rings, he became horrified as he realized <laughs> that this specimen is the oldest living tree in existence. And he had just cut it down. This man, in studying these old trees, accidentally cut down the oldest living tree in all of recorded history. Whoopsie. Well, how else are you going to know? Seriously. What, you yeah. take a core sample. Yeah, it's like these do. old people claim they're the oldest people in the world. Well, you know, let's kill them and take them apart you, and look we'll at their bones. You also take a core stuff. sample of them. far more out of an autopsy than a biopsy. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, that is uh, that's what I think you would call irony. <laughs> uh, irony, so, uh, citizen. So, uh, so you're telling me that the only way I'm going to get out of here without going to jail is I got to shoot your partner, Blowfellow. <laughs> uh, well, no, there's... no, he's not saying that. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying either that or you got to satisfy one of us. You'll satisfy me by. Killing Blowfellow. <laughs> I'm not sure how you could satisfy Blowfellow. <laughs> dun, <laughs> how about you How about you don't kill anybody? I'm not going to ring you up on charges for killing Bigfoot. You said you We're would. We're not even cops. We're private investigators who hang out outside of I'm a, sorry, citizen. a convenience store like Jay and Silent Bob. You might, you might that's as, a narc talking. Yeah, you might as well uh, you know, play it safe. Just make, make Blowfellow happy. Yeah. Make him happy. All right. Well, fellow, would you step over here for a second? Oh, no, not that either. I'm leaving. <laughs> In fact, I'm, this partnership is done. I'm not working with you, you murderer. Hey, uh, hey uh, uh, Brownfelt, uh, I'm out of gas. Uh, ran it, used it all to run the generator. Can you give me a piggyback right out of here? Hop aboard, citizen. All right. By the way, do you know how to use Bigfoot for beef jerky? I dress like a goddamn unmade bed. Just random stuff strewn about, thrown upon my frame, awkwardly hanging there so I look like some sort of bizarre creature, like an amalgamation of a hoodlum's closet. Like you should find a dime bag of dirt weed under me at any time. I need to head over to fdzclothing.com get some nice threads. Look proud of myself. Maybe the ladies will look at me. Maybe I'll have a nice life because I don't look like a disgusting blob of random free t-shirts and nonsense. FDZclothing.com. All these fantastic designs put on American apparel shirts. It's just, it's the way to go. If you don't go like that, you're going to be like me. It's like, like a awful homeless swamp thing. FDZclothing.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for weird things that we do our picks or recommendations. We suggest things to you for your ear holes, your brains, your eyes, whatever. Can I go first? Because I know you're going to steal mine. Go first, Brian. Dude. Then if I like it, I'm going to use it. And then I'm going to have Justin edit mine in first. <laughs> That's totally fine. <laughs> and in the edit, they just hear, of course you can go first, Brian. Hello, it's Andrew Made. And my <laughs> pick is A Dance with Dragons, the fifth book from uh, from George R. R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire series, read by Roy Dotrice. Is that your pick? Yeah, totally is, dude. I, I uh, We've already talked about how much we all loved the HBO production of uh, Game of Thrones. And I got to ask, Justin, did you ever finish Game of Thrones? No, me, or, me and Andrew said we were going to watch it, and then we haven't. Citizens, kill yourself right now. We, want, we, 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 want, we will finish it, just that, you know, we made this pledge, and then we just kind of got busy, to, you know, and we want to watch it, and... Dude, uh, number one, you definitely uh, have either of you. I, I know Justin has not read the books, but have you read the books, Andrew? I, I listened to the first half of the first book and I loved listening to it. It was just a very it was just a much bigger commitment than I was ready to at the time, which yeah. is why all of my ex-girlfriends are married. So, OK, so how far did you get in the HBO production? Far enough to see that they nailed the actual book, right? 
Yeah, I oh yeah, I, where everything I saw, I loved and thought for you know I did not deserve something this good on television. Okay, well, I was if, worthy. If you're doing the audiobook experience, the first three books are read by the actor Roy Dotrice, who does a fantastic job, one of the greatest audiobook readers ever. Uh, the fourth book, uh, Roy Dotrice fell into poor health around the time that a, a Feast for Crows came out, and so they had John Lee, who's a very competent audiobook love reader. John Lee. He he read uh, Pandora Star, right? Yeah, yeah, I and, love and a bunch of the uh, the other stuff that have been picks of ours. My one note to Justin: every time he does one of my audiobooks, is more John Lee, more yeah. John Lee. Why don't you be more yes. like John Lee? Why don't you be more like your older brother, John Lee, citizen? <laughs> uh, but the uh, but this it, it was very very jarring. Uh, Roy Dotrice, uh, one of the things that George R. R. Martin says about his characters, they're like, well, how do you pronounce it this way or that way? He's like, hey, man, I do words. You read them however <laughs> yeah. the hell you want. And so he has flat out said he's not going to tell you how to pronounce the names for everyone. So the the name P-E-T-Y-R, uh, uh, Roy Dotrice uh, refers to as as Patire, Patire Baelish, right? And you get used to after three books of hearing that and you got John Lee coming in saying – Peter Baelish, and you're like, you're like, would you say it right? And there's some great characteristic voices he has to Brian of Tarth and, of course, Tyrion Lannister. And they were really missed during a feast of, of uh, for crows. But man, is it back with a vengeance with uh, Dance of Dragons? My only complaint is there's like three voices where I'm very much like, did did you not did you not check your notes because that's not how you. That's not the voice you gave Daenerys or Melisandre or, or any of these other people. So um, anyway, highly recommend it. Uh, dive right in. The whole world is going dragon crazy right now. Why don't you go dragon crazy too? I'm done. Um, Jury? I, uh, I started listening to the uh, Game of Thrones audiobook. Did, did you really? You started at the beginning? Started. Started with it. It's very good. So far, I'm right up to the point where I stopped watching – uh, or I uh, left off watching the HBO series, so oh I've, I've yet to get into fresh content, and I'm I'm now I don't know I'm at I'm at a path in the wood. Are you, I don't know what, whether I, I want to listen more to the book or or you know put the book aside, watch the TV show, I mean, then read the re- listen to the rest of the book. So I, I don't I, know. As somebody who read the books first and then watched the TV show, I'm going to say you will not be disappointed if you continue to do it that way. So I would say probably go ahead and keep rocking. Well, the book. but I didn't, I mean, it would, that would be a change. I had, I had watched the TV show and then I read the book and I was having a really good time with it. So I don't know whether I, I think it would take far less time for me to watch the TV show. I think, and now that things have kind of calmed down a little bit, I think I'll probably wind up doing some amalgamation. Of that. But I will say Roy Dotrice is amazing. And, uh, that, you know, I, I've I, obviously over the last couple months, I've thought a lot more about the construction of audiobooks. And when you know, Brian, when you put up that thing on, when you put up on Google Plus your uh, complaints about the switching of the voices, and there were a lot of people on there on you know talking and agreeing with you and everything. I really had nothing but sympathy for Roy Dotrice in terms of either he thought in his head that this voice would be better or it was just slippage and, and he just decided he was going to go with this and just sort of stuck with it, you know, because it is, that is my biggest number one fear in terms of audiobooks is voices slipping, voices changing, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, I, I very, very, very much think he is, he is among the best of breed, uh, folks doing it right now. And, and I'm very much enjoying game of Thrones. All right. Very cool. I will do my pick. And I was torn between doing a documentary pick or just sort of a fun movie pick. And I'm going to go with a fun movie. It's called Going to Mars, the Green Lantern sequel. Yes. <laughs> Join at a theater near you now. Buy your tickets at Advance and Fandango and then find out how horrible it is and don't show up and so we can use the money to go to Mars. My pick I watched this the other day. It's one of my favorite, just sort of cool type movies. And I did a just a kind of a little quickie thing on my Google Plus about it, um, and that is the Hunt for Red October. Oh, what a great! Uh, uh, I'm talking about the movie dope. or the book. I love the book, but the movie. I'm going to say I'm going to go with the movie because I haven't read the book probably in 15 years. Yeah, but the movie was such a great execution. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. No, it's not, the movie's great. I thought the movie was just a really good. And, and the cool thing about Unforgot October is when that movie came out, you know, there was, a, there was a genre where, you know, it was written in the 1980s. What was fascinating about the book, the book, the book, The Background by Tom Clancy, The Hunt for Red October, it was per... I forget which publishing house it was. It was a house that, you know, was a, uh, was like, you know, a, like a university press that only published straight up actual technical books about submarines and naval capabilities. And Tom Clancy on a lark sent them this book, this fictional book about what if the Russians developed this advanced submarine and how the Americans would react to it. And they said, you know, we've never published fiction before. Well, let's publish this. And so they publish this book. It becomes a huge hit, one of the best-selling books of that genre, launches Tom Clancy's career, gets picked up as a movie. He's made in the movie Hunt for Red October starring Sean Connery. It's got Alec Baldwin. People complain about his Russian accent. It's like, well, you know, the, the, you know, the, the average German accent you hear in a movie, too, is no better. It's all British. Yeah, you know, it's British. The, 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 uh, yeah, so I was like, who cares? It's Germans just, I, are, are British and uh, Russians are Scottish. Everyone knows that. Yes, exactly. So I thought it was just a great, fun movie, and you can watch it on Netflix. They have it on their their watch instantly, the streaming. So, you know, it stars was Sean Connery, Alec Baldwin taking up the role first off as Jack Ryan, and there's a whole story about why they went with Harrison Ford afterwards. But, you know, great cast. You've got James Earl Jones in there. You've got, you know, just a, you go look at a lot of people who were in that who went on to become pretty famous actors. So that came out in 1990. It's John McTiernan, one of his, I think, one of his better films. It's a really good, neat movie, and it's just, just the really thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, it gets into sort of naval technology, and there's a lot of little attention to detail that went into it. I'm sure like things were made up, etc. But that's the Hunt for Red October. It's the AFI list of the top 100 thrills nominees. It was Academy Award nominee for film editing and sound, etc. And I'll tell you, I never got over Alex. Um Jack Ryan. I always thought that was the definitive one, and I never, I never took to Harrison Ford. I'm an Affleck man myself. Oh, that's huh? right. I forgot he. I forgot he even did that. <laughs> I'm just like the duck. What are you talking about? No. Well, yeah. Well, that was you know the the when they did some of all fears as a book. You know, I was rather took the book and they made that into a movie. And remember, sort of the controversy over that was they wanted to have they didn't. They said, well, let's not go do the Middle Eastern terrorist thing because that's kind of wearing a little bit thin. And yeah. who would in, buy that? <laughs> in the middle of production of that, you know, lo and behold. Yeah. You know, 9 11 happens. And I'm like, ah, you know, this is a, uh, you know, bad. So there's, there's talk about doing a new, you know, doing another series. Makes sense. I mean, in a, in a post Evan Bourne world, I think we, uh, we could probably do for another series of Jack well, Ryan movies. Yeah, well, they're doing more Bourne movies too. So, oh no, I'm just saying that yeah, that kind yeah. of. Well, and that, what made those movies so cool was it was very much about the research, the analytics, and all of that that goes into it. And I thought, you know, I said that that's just such a cool thing about just this site, not just hey, I'm a spy. You know, like I think the, the new Mission Impossible movie, the trailer looks really cool. It's Brad Bird directing it. I think you know. Great. Looking forward to that. But the whole other side of it, the idea of what is, you know, what does it really be? What is it really like when you have an analyst, et cetera? And, and what is that side? And of course, it's just they go out of, you know, a wild tangent and it, it becomes sort of an action movie. But there is a there's an intelligence that goes into there, which is pretty cool. Yes. No, I, I agree. And I'm totally looking forward to it. I say Brad Bird is the bomb. MI4 up your mom. We're going to find out whether that's awesome or not. I Put think that on a T-shirt. Um, I got to pick. So I started watching Doctor Who. What? <sighs> Citizen, and this was not in our partnership agreement. Yeah. Uh, you know, I a couple of things. Actually, I, I started listening. I started watching Doctor Who, and I started um, listening to uh, Game of Thrones, kind of for the same reason because I knew I was going to this week or last weekend record. The audiobook for uh, Chronological Man, which I did. So that audiobook will be out soon. Keep an eye on andrewmain.com slash books for that. Um, but I, I kind of, I figured it was long overdue that I started watching Dr. Who because, you know, it's retarded that I hadn't. So I started with the Christopher Eccleston reboot in the, uh, the mid-2000s there. And uh, I really, really, really 
I mean, I think it's amazing on so many different levels that have been enumerated by so many people a million and a half times in far better ways than I can. But uh, I, I would I would like to make my pick that first season with with uh, Christopher Eccleston as as the Doctor, which I will say that I'm like six episodes into the next season with with Tennant as the Doctor, and I'm I'm having a hard time letting Chris go. Like I, I really uh, I really kind of took to his his portrayal as the Doctor, as I'm sure so many people did. And now I mean I know I'm I, I've I've walked into a world that is already you know, fallen in love with David Tennant now has fallen in love with the new Doctor post-Tennant. But um, I don't know. There, there's, there was just something to, to, to Eccleston's portrayal that was a little, you know, a little grittier, even in the the fantastical elements of the Doctor Who universe. Like, Tennant is is a little bit more of a, a feather on the wind than, than, than Eccleston was. He brought a little bit more weight to things that I really did appreciate. And I know... There was kind of in, in in reading back on criticisms and praise for the for that first season, people kind of got on him for being too moody and stuff. But uh, but I dug that. I, I dug the the angsty doctor. He likes the tall moody type in a leather jacket. You're talking about sure. Eccleston's doctor, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I I did dig the moodiness as well, where it's like he was sincerely hurt that you know he was the last of a surviving race. Yeah. Um, so there cool. we go. That, cool. That's season one. So okay. Justin picks Doctor Who. Well, I'll spoil my next week pick. That was a this movie called Star Wars. You guys really should get on this thing. Really, <laughs> really. Just check it out. Star Wars, okay? It's S-T-A-R space wars. Oh, uh, you know what? I should point out the entire Star Trek The Next Generation series is on Netflix instant streaming right now. Yes. Yeah, I'll tell you, my, on, on, in the house that I live in, me and my roommate live at the end of a hallway and you pretty much just hear in succession the theme songs for Doctor Who and Star Trek The Next Generation as if we're in a race to get laid in negative figures. <laughs> like we're just, we're just nerding out so hard, just actively trying to repel women. It's pretty awesome. Success. Uh, yeah. Um, very cool. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Weird Things Podcast. Thank you for joining us. It's been weird. Would you like a listener shout-out? Or maybe sponsor the podcast? Email weirdthingsmail at gmail.com. The same address where you can make a suggestion or write your own scenario. Weirdthingsmail at gmail.com.